Hello everyone and welcome back to the Puri podcast, episode 6 we are on now and in this episode we're carrying on from our previous discussion which was based around the UWFI invasion into New Japan Pro Wrestling that took place um, in the mid-90s and this time we're going to have a look at some more um, related matches and we're going to start off with a, um, a six-man tag match um, that comes from the January uh, 4th Tokyo Dome show from 1996. Uh, so um, yeah, it's a huge Nagata, that we spoke about in the uh, the previous podcast, Takemitsu Ishizawa and Shinjiro Itani uh, versus Kazushi Sakuraba, Hiramatsu Kanahara, and Kichi Yamamoto. In fact, people we all spoke about in the uh, in the last uh, podcast there. So maybe we should start off with a bit of background about this show, how it relates to the previous stuff that we've spoken about. So uh, yeah, George, uh, take it away. Okay, well, so ever since 1992, New Japan have done an annual show on January the fourth. At the Tokyo Dome, they first ran the building in 1989, but it wasn't until 1992 that they started doing it every year on this day. And they still do. If you ever heard of uh, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom, it's always January the 4th. Now, back when business was very good for New Japan, they used to run the Dome multiple times a year. The last show we talked about in episodes four and five, um, that was an October show. And that was at the Dome in 1996, the year we were about to discuss. They did... Uh, Tokyo Dome show in April as well, which was part of the UWFI uh, invasion. So they used to run the Dome quite a lot, and more to the point, they used to get big attendances at the Dome quite a lot. Once again, this is a, uh, I think I'm right in saying it's a 67,000 attendance sellout. So huge crowd bringing in a lot of money. But they are, at this point, starting to phase out the UWFI invaders, whereas the previous show we discussed was a series of eight matches. This one is a series of only three, although we will be talking about a couple of matches elsewhere on the card, because even though they're not New Japan versus UWFI matches per se, they do relate to how the UWFI invaders were being booked. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a that's, that's a pretty thorough introduction there in terms of an overview. So I think the best thing for us to do is probably just get stuck straight in at this match straight away, because I think... One of the things we took out of our previous conversation was definitely that the opening match that we saw there with uh, some of the guys that were involved in this match as well was a pretty nice uh, nice surprise for us, um, and we really enjoyed that match. So in terms of this match, what were you, uh, your guys' thoughts on this six-man from the Dome show? I found it quite disappointing, actually. I was expecting it to be great because the Nagata Ishizawa versus Kanahara and Sakuraba match from the last uh, Tokyo Dome show we all thought was great, and Atani versus Yamamoto was also uh, a good match. I think the main problem with this is the work is really good, but because it's a six-man and they've only got ten minutes um, and they wanted to get everyone some ring time, there were really frequent tags and they didn't really mm. leave themselves a lot of time to get any significant uh, exchanges going. It was very bitty, really. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly how I put it as well. I felt like it would have been a really um, interesting tag match, but the, the expansion of it to a kind of six-man just means that, yeah, you know, when people are trying to get their sort of time to shine, especially when you've got guys who are coming out of more of a shoot background who don't necessarily have the high spots to go to that, you know, um, some of the guys might have, it made for a kind of quite samey and in some places just kind of patchy um, uh, uh, matches. There was no chance for really anyone, any sort of couple of guys to really begin um, sort of any, any sort of mid-match feuds or anything like that. Um, so that, that was kind no. of stood out to me. It felt a bit all over the place. For the, This match for me felt like a bit of a greatest hits of all the stuff that I liked in the first match. I, I quite liked this match. It wasn't my favourite but I really liked it. They didn't hold back in terms of like shots and things like that. Like Atani just scalps Yamamoto at one point and like yeah. there's a 
there's a slap exchange between Nagata and Sakuraba at the start. That was brilliant. Oh, I love that though. I, oh, I, I love that though. I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh huh. So there is, there's like, there's like flashes of like things that I really enjoyed about the previous match because I mean, Otani's being a prick as usual, like in the last show, and you've got, you know, the, it's a bit more of a stiff environment than, you know, it's not all necessarily mat work like previously, and it seems to be in a bit more of an even keel than like the, obviously like the Choshu matches and things like that. One thing I did like though was Sakuraba trying to do the Scorpion Deathlock, just basically trying to steal Choshu's move. Yeah. I quite like that. Just, yeah. He bless him. He's trying to. He's trying to be be a bit subversive. Yeah, just trying trying to wind up Chosha, I think. But no, I <laughs> I enjoyed this. It wasn't it wasn't the best in the show by any stretch of imagination, but I enjoyed it. So I guess more um uh more in terms of the sort of overarching themes of of these last few uh, podcasts that we've done. Um, how do you think this? Uh, comes off in terms of the way the guys with the UWFI pedigree are, are presented here, you know, in, in contrast to the um, the quite brutal sort of burials that, that, that we've seen in some of the matches that we've watched uh, just before this. I think it comes yeah. across, I think it comes across more evenly and I think I, I got that sense the first time these wrestlers locked up, although the New Japan guys went over on both occasions when mm. these people met in separate matches on the last show, uh, I certainly didn't think it was absolute domination. I think it's because these guys in New Japan, they're either junior heavyweights or they're more lower down the card. So things really started to go off the rails in terms of the uh, complete burial of UWFI when main eventers, uh, heavyweights got involved. You know, people who really had an interest in making themselves look dominant. So in that sense, I think this was better in terms of, you know, actually letting the UWFI guys uh, do a like Kanahara's kicks are still excellent and they're sold really as a yeah threat. there's some great knees from um Yamamoto to Nagata and Nagata really uh really sells them as well some stiff kicks from Sakuraba to Atari that actually prefigure a real storm of a singles match they would have later in uh New yeah. Japan. it's not part of this feud but that is uh, a- an excellent match and but Atari mm, dishes it yeah. back out as well. Like he's got the same great stiff fire towards a downed opponent. These stomps that he does, a good hard hitting match. But like I say, it had flurries and like patches of good stuff. But really, it, it didn't quite get going. But it did get the UWFI guys at least make them appear a threat, despite the fact that Ishizawa's now got a red pseudo mankini on, and Kanahara's <laughs> yeah. got some amazing piss yellow pants. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that. That was one of the more kind of um, jarring things for me. Is that yeah, as you said, that the kicks are still there from him, but a definite, I would say, downgrade in um, apparel. Oh God, yes. Uh, which is a shame because I, I liked how legit he came across before. Speaking of um, legit as well, you mentioned those knees there before. As someone who has, a, and I must stress this, I, I'm no good at it, but I, I, I've trained Muay Thai a fair bit. Um, it's really hard to fake a knee. Like it's really, really. Do you know how hard it is to like pull a punch on a knee? Like if if we spar in like Muay Thai, like we we tend to just not use knees uh, because it's hard to pull a punch on a knee. So the, the, to be able to actually put one in with as much um, you know um, effort as that, and, and it must have been pulled slightly because if they were I, actually were that, com- maybe the guy I'm would be on the floor dead. Um, well, no, but no, but but but, but I, I I think they must be because there's a moment where he actually he he knees him in what is essentially his liver, 
Um, and if yeah. you just let someone do that, believe you me, I don't care how much of a, you know, even the very best Nakamoys in the world, if the right knee in the right place will, at the very least, put you down for three, four, five seconds and you won't know what the fuck's going on um, and you'll want your mum. Uh, so I was really, really impressed with that uh, just from a purely um, a standpoint of, of yeah. delivery and, and selling, to be honest. Like, um, you know? They, cer- they, they certainly put a bit of sauce on these shots. Yeah, they... They they were trying, put it that way. They weren't Muta. Yeah, nice um, shoot-style top-work double foot stump from Nagata. <laughs> and um, Otani as well. It's a double because they did it and then Otani jumped up and did a second foot stump. Uh, Nagata wanted a double, but I made it a double, 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 double. It's a triple, double brandy. Um, uh, I should, um, <laughs> I should, <laughs> even fatter belly. Um, I should, um, I should point out that uh, we all, uh, we've mentioned this briefly before, but um, we, we all came together in a, in a Facebook group that I started to talk about wrestling, and the name of that group is actually "I maintain the double foot stomp is silly." It's probably my most hated move in in all of wrestling, and I, I've perhaps made a bit of a rub for my own back in that um, now like people literally like message me when they've seen this being used in matches to ask me my opinion on how silly I think these the particular uh, d- uh, double foot stomping question is I still think it's silly here and I, and I, and I will not be my, my problem with it is is that I think it's the the move equivalent or the top rope equivalent of Triple H's sledgehammer in the <laughs> yeah. if you act if you actually do that to someone, they're fucking dead. Yeah. Like, 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 you'll just, like, it's like, it would be, like, just, you know, jumping with all your power you've got off the top rope uh, with your heels into someone's chest with tr- with fucking shoes on is is going to be like, you know, it's, it's it's game over. So that's my main my main problem with it. But I had to mention that uh, uh, just before we moved on. <laughs> At least it wasn't, actually, no, it should have been the finish. But, like, it, it wasn't. It was, I don't think it was even a near fall. Um... I think if you're gonna use it, lads, at least have it have the guy go down to three, if not sort of die. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I can kind of handle it when it's a finisher. I think some in some ways. Um, yeah, you know, this might, this might, this might shock you, but the finish was a UWFI guy tapping out to a submission. Sick. Ah, yeah. Don't say. (laughs) Yamamoto is doing these knees to Nagata. Nagata sells them very well, like he's really injured. But he hits this gorgeous belly-to-belly suplex. It looks fantastic, and then taps him out very quickly with an armbar. So that's the finish. And in this three-match series, um, New Japan go one nil up. Kel surprise. Um, I I should have asked this before uh, we, we watched the last match, actually. But it's just come to me now. In terms of his career, Nagata, he's above Young Lion status at this point, isn't he? By s- uh, or is, or is believe, he? No, because I think it was, he, when he came back from WCW and he was there for like, until oh, 97-98. So when he came back from WCW, that's when he kind of made... That's when he kind of got the big push. Ah, I see. Because he'd been right. in WCW. I was quite shocked, actually, because like, I'm used to Nagata wearing this lovely shade of uh, royal blue. Whereas now I'm yeah. like, oh no, f- wait, wait, what the fuck? Like uh, that's yeah. that's Nagata. Like so, I guess that's in terms of the way it's booked. If Nagata is a young lion at this point and he's tapping a dude out, and moreover to a hold that is not a Boston crab, as is traditional in uh, Japanese wrestling culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it was it's just kind of jarring to see when he's so associated with his uh his current uh, outfit. Um, it was pretty um pretty jarring for me to see him in the um in the sort of the traditional uh, black uh, of the uh, of the young lion there. Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, other yeah. thoughts about this match? Yeah. Um. I mean, uh, to be honest, I think it's a nice little uh, sort of uh, run on from some of the uh, the matchups that we've had in the previous stuff we've t- spoken about. And I think the thing with this is is that you touched on this, George, actually, when you were talking about it, is that I feel like 
these guys are in some ways in a more enviable position on these cards than some of the other people that are working because they can kind of just um, because of the position they're putting on the, in the opening bout and also because of the sort of how young some of them are as well they can kind of get away with you know just not having to go out there and score political points and just try and put on a pretty good match yeah and i think that was that was uh, certainly reflected here as well it wasn't maybe as um, as interesting as the first one that we saw but it's certainly a solid match and you don't get the feeling that any of these guys are you know trying to shit on anyone or put their ego before having a good match so it was a nice nice refreshing thing to watch uh, after the uh, the fucking shower of shit we saw before that <laughs> actually one thing i wanted to mention was nagato when he did a double foot stomp he looked so pleased with himself. <laughs> I mean, he like, put his hands up like, <laughs> was celebrating yeah. doing this double visit. I was like, yes, I've done it. I've done it. I'm the best. He's just there like, Aguero. Aguero. Yeah. That was super cute. It really was. Oh, I like that a lot. I, he's he's, he's, uh, he's uh, an engaging man. And like, even he, now he he's like 48, uh, he's still awesome. Yeah. yeah, I still enjoy watching the Gata matches, definitely. Like, um, yeah, you know, yeah, he's not... Yeah, um... matches with Shibata that were really good, didn't he? Oh, yeah, those those are great. I like those. Yeah, I like those a lot. I like those more than some of the more vaunted Shibata, um, uh, Ishii and Shibata Goto matches, actually. Yeah, same. To be honest. But well. I... But I'm a, I'm a, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for um, you know, um, 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 old, old men having one last run at, at, at younger guys and um, and trying to keep up with them. Um, that sounds probably a little it bit. Seems untoward. like that's how Nagata spent the last decade. Yeah, pretty much. Like, but I, I like that shit, you know. Like, um, like Jerry Lawler's one of my favorite wrestlers, for God's sake, you know. Like, yeah. um, so that's that's the you know, that's the way it goes. Um, not 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 so high up on the human being um <laughs> list, oh, <laughs> but no. as a as a, as a wrestler, yes. I, I'm sorry, just want to interject. You can cut this out, but. I'm stunned. I'm just, I, I have the TV on in the background, and it's Leipzig versus Bremen, and it's the last minute, and the goalkeeper went up for the corner, and what happened? They they punted the ball away to a forward who just ran off, oh, <laughs> and there was no. nobody there, and they scored and made it three yeah, one. I just seen it, I was like, what the hell is the goalkeeper? <laughs> I just I just couldn't believe that. That is amazing. Uh, yeah, incredible no, scenes. But um, incredible yeah, the, scenes. The, uh, the next match uh, that we're going to cover, um, up next on Everybody Hates Yoji. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to lie. Poor Yoji Anjo. I think Yoji Anjo might be my MVP of this series. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. I fucking love this match again. I loved it. It was so... <laughs> different carry well, on, I'm going to wax a bit no 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 I think I think I think what I think what we'll do is um, given that um, I think Yoji Anjo is basically becoming our this podcast's uh, sort of mascot at this stage um, I mean um, it, tune into the previous episode if you want to hear about the the, the brutal unforgiving unrelenting saga of Yoji Anjo's very <laughs> very public humiliations you have to start thinking is this a fetish thing does he yes. really like this? Is exactly. This like a, he's just got public humiliation. That exactly, you know. I'm going to look him up on FetLife and see if he's there. Uh, but, yeah, that, <laughs> Jesus that's, God, that's, that's a deep cut right, right there. people are going to get. Yeah, 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 exactly. God, like, um, yeah, I've just revealed myself as a colossal pervert as well, but there you, you go. Did, you did that a long um, time ago, to be fair, with your... I did, that's true, that's true. From the yeah. last episode. Uh, oh, no, I need to every, 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 I go back and emphasise this, right? That's particularly... I'm regretting that in particular because it was just the first most obscure body part I could think of. But actually, despite being a colossal pervert, foot fetishes are not my bag at all. Like, I hate feet. Oh, no. Like, no. they're the worst. Like, to the point that I would be happy if every single human being had to wear socks and shoes all the time. I would not be upset by that at all. Um, I don't think, so yeah, just to clarify, folks, especially mine. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm a pervert, <laughs> but I'm not a foot fetishist. <laughs> yeah, like, fucking hell, I have some standards. I know. The key to this match, really, is that uh, on the last episode, we saw Yoji and you... And I fucking done it. I fucking done what you did. Uh, Yoji and Joe <laughs> yeah. get completely buried <laughs> by his opposite number in terms of booking, um, Ricky Choshu. This time, so this match is not actually in the New Japan vs. UWFI series. Uh, he's against uh, Hiromichi Fuyuki, who is from uh, War, which is a smaller promotion than UWFI. Now, War, this is my favourite acronym. Um, it's yeah, a Jedishiro Temu's promotion, Wrestle and Romance. Now, oh, that's so good. There are a few ways in which this can be in which this can be taken. <laughs> Firstly, like wrestling and romantic love, um, wrestling yeah. romance in the sense of uh, Keats and Shelley and Byron. Or yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my personal favourite thing on the you know, what could have been with this promotion scale, um, wrestling and metrical verse romance from the Middle Ages. <laughs> I tell you what, if they'd have booked the Lawnfowl versus Havelock the Dane in the Tokyo Dome, they would have drawn big money. <laughs> I've literally, I've literally got no idea what that reference is about, but I'm popping for Havelock the Dane, who, ab- who absolutely, absolutely sounds like he could be a fucking Georgia Championship wrestling heel from like ni- 1979. The third greatest Dane of all time. I, yeah. I guess wrestle and romance, the term's used more in the sense of uh, the romance of the FA Cup, Ronnie Radford. Yeah. 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 Leatherhead. Leatherhead. Like <laughs> Wasn't he an FMW? <laughs> I have a thing that, just because you mentioned the stupid name, wrestling romance, I was reading a review of an Anita versus Tenru match, and apparently during the match, I don't know whether they're making this up, but apparently halfway through, Anita just screams at Tenru about how wrestling romance is a stupid name for a promotion and <laughs> because it isn't J- Jumbo or a Hashimoto. <laughs> I really hope that is true, but yeah, I you imagine too. just mid-match and this explosion death match just going, promotion's names is shit, mate. Well, he did change <laughs> it to uh, Wrestling Association R, which, if anything, means even less. <laughs> That's, that sounds like a kind of Soviet acronym for a really sort of um, shady government department that no one's quite sure what it does. It's like a fictional promotion from the new Tiger Mask anime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think we can all agree that Wrestling of Romance is, is, is one of the finest um, acronyms uh, for absolutely brilliant. A- any group ever. Um, so, uh, yeah, this match. <laughs> I'm very happy to take the lead in this because I wrote Please, please notes. do. Right. Okay, was he not, was he in all Japan? He was, he was um, the tag partner in yep. a, a, um, my favourite Kevin Bacon themed tag team, uh, Footloose. <laughs> yeah, Footloose. Um, with uh, with our old Toshiaki Kawada from episodes one and three. Yes, and he had that amazing... Good tag team as well, really good tag he team. He had that amazing match I watched, what was the match I watched? It was against George Takano and someone else, probably, if it's the one, the one I'm yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, that he's, match is so good. He's probably most significant yeah. for being on the other side of the ring when um, uh, Tiger Mask 2 unmasked as Mitsuharu Masawa. Uh, mid-match. Ah. It was versus him yeah. and Yoshiaki Yatsu, I think. So that, I think that's right. He is, yeah. a, he is a rotund fellow. Yes. So, this match, <laughs> Fuyuki attacks before the bell, because of course, <laughs> just punking Anjo, <laughs> just fucking, I'm not even going to wait for the bell to just humiliate you. <sighs> is he in some wargans? Then just triple team Anjo. So even, the bell hasn't even started and Anjo is already in the shit. <laughs> Fuyuki pins Andro with one foot, a one foot like Kali against the fucking Undertaker. Yeah. 
Andrew is not pleased, mainly. I don't know whether about this match or just his life in general, <laughs> how it's turning up. But he's not pleased. He's like, fuck this. He's looking up S1 jobs for some new jobs. Piyuki decides that that was a bit disrespectful and then offers him a handshake. And Andrew just, just smashes him mid-handshake. He just fucking attacks him. So the person who's giving the handshake gets attacked, which I thought was a very novel twist on the usual handshake ambush. And then I, he attacks Fuyuki, beats the fuck out of him, and then mockingly offers him a handshake again. So he declines the handshake <laughs> by punching him in the face. In the face, him, yeah. out of him, And then just went, shake hands. It's <laughs> oh, Mr. Shake Hands Man back again, you know. Mr. Shaky Hands Man. It that. is. Yeah. Fuyuki naturally declines because he doesn't want to be seen interacting with a, a UWFI person <laughs> on their level. <laughs> Fuyuki just screeches and wails all match. Yeah. That's, the, that's, rah, that's what rah, I was. Rah, rah, that's what I was going to mention. Is it? Is it? Is it? It becomes not just the kind of physical because the slow evolution uh, over the, the last couple of shows that we've seen is like Anjo gets his ass handed to him by Hicks and Gracie. Fair enough, you know, like, if you are going to do something stupid like that, then, you know, we'll fine, but but no big deal. Everyone get, you know, their ass handed to by Hicks and Gracie, fine. Then we move into the utter humiliation <laughs> that is the uh, the, uh, the Choshu match, in which Choshu no-sells for the entire thing, including, as I pointed out, I can't go over how much I love this, a headlock. No, no-sells a headlock. <laughs> Easily slips out. And, you know, the entire match is just one huge sort of enormous piss take. He gets to this match, and, I mean, at this point, it's basically become his gimmick. Fill me once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, and I mean, for Yuki, for Yuki, <laughs> there's, a, there's a point that I, I swear he just taps his belly at him uh, and screams, <laughs> and just makes a strange sort of um, um, undecipherable noise. He is a very, very grunty man. <laughs> yeah. As if to say, you know, like, you're getting beaten up by a guy that looks like this. Fuck you. It's a masterpiece in degradation, like. Oh, yeah, that's the thing, like, that very fet life, you know, like, um,. Yeah, it's called like Hicks and Gracie, all-time MMA legend. Ricky Choshu, you know, wrestling legend, main eventer. This guy from what is basically an indie promotion and his two mates who are allowed to interfere in the match, presumably because the referee, <laughs> I know! The referee has instituted special anyone can do what the fuck they want to Yoji Anjo. Because <laughs> it's a Yoji Anjo match, I know. Oh, you know who those two guys I are? If a UWFI guy had tried to intervene, then they'd have been escorted to the back. <laughs> no, man, oh, so. yeah. Well, that's, there's actually a bit later in the match where they're, the three war dudes are beating the fuck out of Anjo and Yamamoto's on the apron. He comes in as getting into hell but then thinks, ah, fuck it. And he's just like, nah, I can't be <laughs> Even his own yeah. teammates don't want to save him. Um, oh, you're on your own. God. But Anjo turns the tide with a low blow. Yeah. So what happens is that all the war goons come in. Anjo puts up a spirited fight back and clocks both of them and then gets kicked in the nuts. <laughs> He's had enough enough of a, a hot streak, enough offense. They go to the outside, and by this point, I was wanting to send a Valentine's card to both of these guys because <laughs> Angel is then mummified in passion. Yes, yes. I have I have a I have a note at this point that just says everything's gone full Memphis. <laughs> like, it's like pushing Millhouse down the hill in the trolley. <laughs> or or compo down the hill in a bath. This is the second last of the summer wine reference on this podcast. Oh my god! I've got that. Th- I've got that theme tune keyed up. At this point, I got. I was like, he's got parcel tape. No, no, sure. This is this is New Japan. This is the Dome Show. 
This, this is UWFA. Surely, should, no, oh no, no, he's mummifying him. Parcel, he's just fucking raffing it right round. Can't, can't speak. He's not even allowed to voice disdain at his terrible position oh. in the company. Is it? Is it? It's Mayu Iwatawi, isn't it? That does the um the awesome um intro. They the fans throw streamers and she just spins around until they all wrap round her. Yeah, that's uh, great. In, I've in, often in seen her get like yeah. suplexed by her opponent while still like yeah. mummified in streamers. Well, Andrew gets a fucking crossface while still <laughs> parcel taped up. He's still good fans <laughs> and he gets a crossface. And of course, the wardens <laughs> come in. And just break it up. It fights them off, and it applies an arm lock. Is it a bit like the same principle of? Uh, do you remember when um, Paige was doing a submission move, and she was uh, uh, to to really rub it in and make it look vicious and dangerous? It was like, ah, well, Paige, she's done a submission move, but she's done it on the announce table, and it makes and it, it, it makes it makes no difference whatsoever to the it's, move it's, because it's, it's not the not. A, why it's, Bolivia are good in the home qualifiers for Concacaf, but bad in the away qualifiers. Yeah, just it's altitude. You just can't play it under altitude. No. No. Fucking hell. It's like like La Paz all over again. Yeah. We'll always have La Paz. At this point, amazingly, at this point, I wrote everything goes to shit as if it hadn't already (laughs) went to shit when you've been mummified and parcel taped. As the goons just decided oh. they can't be bothered just going in and out like like the hokey cokey. They're just in it for the long run now. And they're just not leaving, <laughs> they're just beating the shit out of Andrew. They they tri- <laughs> They triple team powerbomb him like the shield <laughs> off of the top rope. And just oh god. And then he has a three point stance. And then some new Japan guys feel sorry for Andrew and just decide, you know what? This has went long enough. You just thought, well, we're just going to have a fight. They attacked the Wargans. I don't think it was to help Andrew. I just think they wanted no. to scrap. I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, Anjo being killed is, like, incidental to what they're trying to do. Like, they, do, they, could, they couldn't give a fuck about him. Oh, fucking hell. I will I say about this. the um, the being mummified, um, <laughs> That's uh, that got a huge pop because... Um, Anjo. This is amazing. It, well, yeah, but that that, but also Anjo was known for his his big mouth that got him into trouble. Like before he was, um, he went to try and fight Hicks and Gracie. He had publicly declared he was going to give two hundred percent, not one hundred and ten like football <laughs> managers no. would have you believe is the biggest percentage. Yeah. Give. This man was so committed to beating <laughs> Hicks and Gracie, he gave two hundred percent. I think I don't think five hundred percent would have been enough, but um, no, so no. he was. That got a huge pop because they were like shutting him up. I don't doubt that he did give two hundred percent. I think it's more just that it would be a bit of grossly inadequate amount, no matter what it was. So. Yeah. I can just imagine the entire UWFI crowd turning into that the hypnotized softball team. At the <laughs> that is that, that is impossible <laughs> by its definition. The highest you yeah. can give is one hundred percent. And then like um, you know they sign uh, they sign uh, Carly. It's like good lord, gigantism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, um, by the way, like, do you know who those um, the war goons? Which, by the way, would be a great name for a band. Uh, do you know who they are? <laughs> uh, not no. off the top of my head. No. It's no. Uh, Jado and Gado. Is it? Of course, so, like, is it? current of course, New uh... Japan booker Gado and current New Japan assistant booker and Noah chief booker Jado are just oh, doing man. fucking unpunished run-ins. So this feud is so bad for Angel that that New Japan bookers are travelling back in time <laughs> to humiliate <laughs> Is a Caterminator is sent from the future just to humiliate Yoji Angel. <laughs> oh, 
Fucking oh hell. my god. That, I, 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 I love this. I said I was pleasantly surprised by this. I, that's nonsense. I love this. Yeah, it's like, just... it's so, it's so terrible, but it's so amazing. <laughs> this, this is proper indie sleaze. This, this, like, this would be yeah. like E-top, or like, you know, something like that. Is this a, is this more humiliating for Anjo than the Choshu match? No, because I thought he... Uh, right, do you know something that's going to sound really stupid? I thought he, he looked really strong in terms of... Those goons just were terrible because Angel fought them off at every point. It wasn't like they were constantly beating them down. It was literally they'd be coming and beat them for a second and Angel would just get rid of them and then they'd come back and he'd fight back. So I thought, you know, this wasn't as bad as the Trosh match. He got some offense in for a start. He's a pretty decent brawler considering he's trained in the shoot style. Like this was... Matt work was thin on the ground to say the least. <laughs> in yes. this match and he's actually a pretty decent brawler there is a bit of a happy ending but i know we've just had a, a laugh about how brutally anjo was buried in this feud there is a bit of a happy ending he would eventually parlay his status as the man who let japan down by losing to hicks and gracie <laughs> into a, a heel gimmick that got him a lot of heat like he gets monster heat in this match yeah Fuyuki gets so over and Fuyuki was a heel in war by the way but like they just want to see anjo get beaten up so bad that they cheer him to the rafters and anjo ended up having actually having a pretty long and successful career as a heel parlaying That's this good. notoriety into a gimmick he ended up having a run in um, all japan and you know he ended up doing quite well for himself yeah it's i think it's it's fair to say that honestly by this point because of the way he's been just crapped on um so, you know uh, from from a great height throughout this entire run of, of stuff we've been talking about i actually and maybe this is like this 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 modern kind of thing where people are obsessed with this notion of the um of the continually shat on and badly booked baby face. But like I just thought by the end of this match that I was pulling for him so hard. Yeah. Oh, like, Bless him. You've got no idea. Like um, it, 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 it it might be that thing which I think is kind of mistaken um in 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 modern booking, which is that we have to have our baby faces completely shat on by all you know figures of authority uh, and by all other wrestlers um, and told that they're worthless for ages um, instead of just presenting them as you know, like you know strong uh, great great wrestlers. Uh, but yeah, there was there was definitely enough of something of an emotional attachment to this match that I thought it was pretty good fun. Oh yeah, yeah I, I, I can guarantee that had you been in the crowd, you would have been the only one with any sympathy towards the bloke yeah 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 exactly yeah i'm used to that though in fairness <laughs> i once went to the impact zone right and um but what were you doing at the impact zone Davis? <laughs> <laughs> i remember once i at that happened to me where i was think it was magnus and i turned into full-on fan on the terraces support right come on magnus you can fucking do it and no one else no one else you were supporting him at all. I was like, Roy Magnus, fire into him. Run. Ah. <laughs> it was like an explosion match as well. I really hope it, 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 it could made tape. That would have been amazing if it did. Just oh, brilliant. Poor guy shouting for Magnus incessantly. <laughs> Wasn't um wasn't wasn't Magnus their champion at some point? He was. Yeah. Yes. I don't I, I don't I don't I don't really watch TNA. So. It was it was really good. I really enjoyed him. He's uh, married to Mickey James as well. Yes. And is the current yeah, Global Force enough. Wrestling heavyweight champion, presumably <laughs> he's been paid in non-existent gold. I, he, he's getting paid in like some some knockoff version of Bitcoin that definitely exists. <laughs> like, hey, do, you um... not, do you not know they're having a unification match with the Western States Heritage title next week? <laughs> <laughs> I've, heard, I've, I've heard that Jarrett's booking him against himself in a pyramid <laughs> selling match, um, which should take place... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, you fucking carny pyramid seller. 
as as a as a well as a self-confessed indie sleaze fan, this this tugged all my heat up in Corican Hall to twenty people heartstrings. I love this. This is this is yeah. so much fun. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It reminded me, as I say, of um, stupid, silly uh, Memphis brawls, which I love. It, it, it reminded me of, um, you know, plenty of heat and plenty of preposterousness. And given how po-faced some of the, um, you know, the treatment has been of, of some of the uh, UWFI-based guys in this feud, I actually kind of d- didn't mind, you know, Fuyuki's um, just complete garish kind of over the top, you know, just throwing the kitchen sink at it kind of uh, vibe. It's it's certainly a lot be- better than just like not, you know, no selling headlocks. Um, that definitely. Yeah, it's at the end of the day, it's it's fun. Like, yeah. and is it the greatest match ever? Of course not, but like it is. If welcome pick me up like you know on the on the last episode we were so we were so down about uh the matches that i ended up having to digress to uh tell a story about uh kensuke sasaki like shagging his way into a day one engagement <laughs> that's right like uh but no no definitely definitely worth 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 checking out it's a short match it's it's hilarious have a few beers um with all your knowledge that you now have of yoji anjo folks uh it should make for quite a fun little uh little... thought he would quite well because he didn't tap out in this match <laughs> he got pinned yeah. with a not very he good lion success he's the he's he's strongest of the uwfi guys so far he got a fucking pinfall finish against him it's that's like that's like if you ever go to a therapist or a counselor and they say yeah well you know the main thing is though dan is you might be really really depressed at the minute but you're still here aren't you you're still here now. You're like, that's that's no that's no good to me. Like I literally want to kill myself. It's like no, 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 no. You're still here though. You, isn't, and isn't that the greatest victory of them all? <laughs> so Yo Yoji Yoji, you didn't tap this time. Really, isn't that the greatest victory of them all? Oh dear <laughs> me. Now, God, fat life therapy. This is going a bit too deep into my uh, my my personal life. We better move on. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Our next match. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it is time for the first podcast appearance of Antonio Inoki. I meant to ask you, actually. Did you just watch this in your Japan world? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> Anybody listening to this, all six people listening to this, don't fucking watch this in New Japan World, right? Because <laughs> they cut out the entrance, right? Do you know the entrance that happened? With oh, it? I've, se- I've oh, seen I it before. Seen yeah, I yeah. Remember. Where they play his theme tune on a harp. They have a harpist. <laughs> yes. A fucking harpist playing fucking his incredible. theme tune. Oh my god, that sounds, that sounds amazing. It <laughs> is amazing. And you've got like 45-year-old fucking CEOs of like electronics yeah. companies in the yeah. front who have just turn 10 years old again just I... losing their minds because Inoki is there it's oh. literally it's literally better than any John and Newsom album uh, so like I, I recommend if you're if you're in a harp shit check Speaking it out the man like... who at the weekend like went to see um, the, the Mozart flute and harp concerto like I can get on board with this <laughs> oh no honestly when we finish you need to go watch it it is one of the most incredible it's entrances no, it's, it, it works though unbelievable and that place they live and die by Inoki. They, oh, God. They are in the palm of his hand for this entire thing. Did, I was going to say, did they keep the harp for the Vader? And did they just go, oh, it's time! It's time! It's Vader time! It's Vader time! 
there'll, there'll be someone on YouTube that's played Vader's theme tune on a harp. Like, that's probably happened. I'm, I'm sorry, we can cut this out, but I just seen, you know how you know how I was telling you to have the TV on the background? I just seen a headline that says, IOC will not strip dead wrestler of metal. <laughs> oh, hey, where? I mean, on first context, that's a very busy to be annoyed. Die, yeah. No. Yeah, that, that take it away from him. Let's get those medals back off you. <laughs> yeah. How dare you not be immortal? Oh, 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 what's that? You died? You're not very hard, are you? Hey, <laughs> Like... How fast can you run now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm saying this. If this was Bellator, they probably wouldn't have stripped him of the title. That's all I'm saying. If no. he died. You know, like when they put Oliver Cromwell's corpse on trial. They'd, they'd probably have booked him in the main <laughs> event for the next show against Chael Sonnen. <laughs> I think it's probably... Yeah, I was say, it's probably important at this point to recap again. Like we were talking about Liger versus Sano in episode five. Um, this is really um, them bringing in an existing feud as part of their Tokyo Dome show. Um, Inoki and Vader first wrestled in 1988 at Sumo Hall. Now, not not many people remember this, but um, Vader was there as part of a heel stable managed by Takeshi Kitano of Takeshi's Castle fame. Yes. Yeah. With Craig Charles doing yeah. slightly racist commentary in the background. Yeah. <laughs> what they called the happy slappy jappy chappies. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And so Takeshi Kitano was bringing in, he was talking about how he brought in this monster. No one had ever seen him before. Now, actually, New Japan were considering bringing in uh, Jim Helwig to play Vader, who would go on to become the Ultimate Warrior. Fucking good that they didn't. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Christ. Can you imagine how abysmal? I mean, like. Look, I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Inoki's in-ring work, to be honest. Um, although we'll get onto it, I, I I really like this match. Actually, we'll get yeah. we'll get onto it. But the idea that that Helwig would have sort of um um occupied the Vader role, it's one of those weird things where I do kind of always wonder, wouldn't it be kind of been interesting to have seen how that worked out? Because my instincts tell me. It would have been a complete fucking joke. In like fucking yeah. Earth Two, New Japan, Crisis on Infinite Promotions. Yeah, but then there's another part of me that says like, just imagine like if maybe like that could have been the point that Helwig became like you know, a a a, a pretty hard, you know decent worker. Like maybe he could have like you know got really into the Japanese lifestyle, got really disciplined. Like he, you could, never he know. could be carried to a good match. That yeah. is the thing. Oh god, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Rick Rude. Yeah, there's, there's a great story, actually, about um, uh, Owen Hart in, I think, 1991 was uh, unhappy in WWF. And so he was going to go back to New Japan, where he had uh, he had spent a bit of time. And uh, Jim Helwig wasn't happy as the Ultimate Warrior. And he was saying, oh, I'm going to come with you. And Owen Hart, who had a reputation for being a nice bloke, very gently said to him, Japan isn't for everyone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I think Leon White as Vader was definitely the right call. His debut in New Japan is notorious for quite a few reasons. So not oh only God, was yeah. this, uh, this Takeshi Kitano stable was getting quite a bit of go away heat, you know, um, not as in like, I want because they knew, I think fans knew Kitano would never get his comeuppance. Um, and they weren't really into him as a ma- as a loudmouth heel manager. It was more causing them to change the channel than want to see him get beaten up. Um, Truly not only the that, Stephanie McMahon of New Japan. Yeah, basically. like Not only that, but the advertised main event was um, Inoki versus Choshu at this Sumo Hall show, which was a really big match at that time. Mm, and Huge. Inoki went over in six minutes with a screwy finish, so the crowd were not too happy at that. Also, it was... Um, 
it was near the end of the year and there's a tradition in Japan, I can't remember the name for it, but there's a tradition of just like the tradition in Britain of getting blind drunk um, at New Year's and trying to forget like the last 365 days of the year ever happened. So the crowd was pretty <laughs> well oiled by this point. And then Vader came in, issued an impromptu challenge and uh, pinned Inoki in about two and a half minutes. And this Gave me was... and your treatment. Yeah, basically. This was Inoki's first pinfall loss in three years, I think. And, and it was the second in ten. Fuck. Yeah, because he, he got pinned by... Um, uh, Fujinami in a tag match in '85, and apart from that, like, but like he did not, he did not get pinned. And this big American no. dude, he just his first match in the promotion pinned Anoki in two and a half minutes. That's huge. The crowd unhappy, firstly at the outcome of that match, and secondly at not getting the epic Anoki Choshu match that had been promised. Um, decided in their infinite wisdom, again this goes against the stereotypes of uh, Japanese crowds as straight laced. Started setting fire to all the cushions in Sumo <laughs> Hall and just chucking them in the ring. Um, so New Japan got uh, banned from Sumo Hall for I think three years for that because they basically started rioting the fans because they were so appalled at the, at the show. So there's a bit of um, there's a bit of history there. Um, the reason we're talking about this match on the podcast is because although this wasn't officially a New Japan versus UWFI match, um, Vader up until about a year previously had been in UWFI as a main eventer and he had been their yeah. champion at some point. So it's tantamount to another match in that series and another way to do New Japan versus UWFI without officially doing it. The other point to be made is that this is part of Inoki's interminable retirement tour called, oh, called man. The, the Final Countdown. Antonio Inoki is heading for Venus. Um, and <laughs> it started in about 1994, would not end until 1998. So we're in the middle of oh, it. He would have yeah, it's... quite sporadic matches uh, revisiting some of his greatest hits, you know, his greatest feuds. This is part of them him mm. revisiting you... his feud with Vader. Another point, Antonio Inoki is 53 years old in this match yeah. and he's got a lot of miles on the clock he made his debut in 1960 so yeah. at this point he is a 36 year veteran um i would also like to like to point out that uh, my girlfriend sarah who knows knows about inoki um and you know knows he's a bit of a shady bastard and knows a bit about what <laughs> what he was what he was about just looked at him and said and i quote his chin is spectacular it rewards repeat viewings <laughs> it, it really does. Um, it really does. I mean, the, what what you mentioned the um, the the beat Takeshi um, um, element of that earlier um, uh, Vader uh, 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 match there as well. Like I, I'm, have you watched any of that stuff like that that involves um, um, Takeshi Kitano um, much? I haven't. I haven't been able to find a lot of it. Basically, I've I not. know about it because of um, uh, Chris Charlton's history of uh, New Japan, which I read. Uh, right. Yeah. So I knew Takeshi Kitano had been involved. Uh, yeah. But I didn't. I didn't necessarily know that he uh, that Vader came in managed by. Uh, no, by I Takeshi, didn't. Um, because you know I would just love it if. Uh, Takeshi Kitano had just arrived at the arena in one of the little dodgems with a water pistol. Because <laughs> you see, the thing is, the, the thing is about Takeshi Kitano, right, is that um, even though obviously I, I, I know about Takeshi's castle and stuff, the reason I found out that he'd even been involved in in, in New Japan stuff was years ago. Um, I I really like Takeshi Kitano's films. Um, he's uh, as well as being the guy that um, behind uh, uh, Takeshi's castle. Um, he's uh, uh, 
fucking world-renowned auteur um, and, and director of very, very, very good films. Um, he was in Battle Royale. Uh, yes, yeah, he is in Battle yeah. Royale. Yeah, um, and he's uh, some of the, his own films that he directed, especially in the late nineties and early two thousands, um, are some of my favourite films ever. Um, so I was just looking him up on Wikipedia because I was doing a little bit of research on him, and this was years ago when Wikipedia sort of first came out, and I thought. Wait, what? Because I wasn't watching a huge amount of, of wrestling at this point in my life, and I was like, hang on, how have I missed this massive crossover between two things that I love to bits? Um, so I, ever since, I've been trying to find as much um, uh, uh, stuff of, 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 even though I know it's not well regarded, that run, I've been trying to find as much stuff as, as possible, but it's, um, yeah, it's not all there. For me, the, for me, the Takeshi New Japan storyline fell off the cliff when Troshu got knocked out in Bridge Ball. <laughs> Just Fuji Yamada just caught in a honeycomb maze. Doesn't know where he is. Getting like Blackster smeared on his face by like yeah. two maniacs. Having said that, like I think someone athletic, great junior heavyweight like uh, El Samurai would, I think he'd have done great at Rice Bowl downhill. He'd have had good balance. Oh yeah, yeah. Without and, question. I'm really gutted they didn't do. Um, a match of the boxing monster. Do you know the boxing monster from Takeshi's yes. Castle? Yes. I... They, should have, they should have had him come out with just Takeshi's goons, the boxing monster. Get John Tenter to do Avalanche. I'm pretty sure Survival to Beat uh, to be has probably had a match with the um, the boxing monster, uh, to be honest. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, he probably what? has. There's, there's, a, there's a name. 5pm. <laughs> yeah. Survival to Beat. I see when we get to his famous match against water pollution. That's Water pollution. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, oh, for those um, of you who don't know who Survival to Beater is, just wait for a future episode. Yeah, you will. Oh my God. You will remember yeah. the name, Wayne Rooney. No, yeah. But, um... <laughs> survival, survival to Beater is a fit... Just to point out, Survival to Beater is a man who basically wrestles cardboard boxes uh, in, 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 on the floor of like gyms in high schools in Japan. It was literally my number 100 greatest wrestler of all time in the PWO <laughs> poll. Just, 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 right, just, just, for, just for a bit of perspective, some, some names that aren't in there. Masahiro Chono. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> So that should give you an idea of yeah that that was a I put that in literally as a um as a kind of a, a conceptual nod towards nod. the fact that I think wrestling should be a, a wide genre <laughs> and not just confined and that uh, he should be acknowledged as well. But <laughs> dragging his back, kicking yeah. and screaming to the subject. There is one thing that I wanted to point out in this match. So are you finished with Anoki and Takeshi? Yeah. Oh yeah. no, you were still <laughs> yeah. talking about the feud. So I wanted to point something out about this match before we go on to it. Did you know that Vader was, like, spectacularly injured at this point? I.e. No. he was waiting in shoulder surgery. Ah, no. uh, yeah, like, yeah. He, he, yeah. I, I mean, it's unlike him. He was in, like, considerable pain at this point. <laughs> and Anoki just phoned him going, will you wrestle? And he went, I, I'm in considerable pain. And he's like, will you wrestle, though? <laughs> I fuck it, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just unbelievable when you when you realise just how banged up he is in this match. Oh yeah, and this match is if it's not my top favourite Inoki match, it's up there. And honestly, it's one of my favourite Vader matches as well. Considering it's a, a big dude who was 
pretty seriously injured and a 53-year-old dude. This match is fucking amazing. It's easily my favourite Inoki match. Easily my favourite Inoki match. Because as I say, I'm not a huge fan of the guy um, in general. I think he's an incredibly important totemic figure in, in wrestling and will forever be so for all of his contributions. But he's also a guy who can be lazy as fuck in, yeah. in matches. Um, a guy who, outside of some of his sort of earlier work, when it's like him and, um, and, and Sakaguchi and other guys in the sort of 60s trying to, um, and sort of 70s bring it, he really settles into a particularly dull groove later on in his career. Um, so I think this is fantastic. If he's got a, like a Fujiwara against him or Jack Briscoe, someone who is going to oh, force God, him yeah. to like do some wrestling, then yeah. he is uh, he is going to do it. And like, this yeah. is a great match if he's, because... If, if, he's, if, he's, if he's got literally two of the greatest wrestlers that have ever lived, against <laughs> yeah. him, then, then yes, he's pretty good. <laughs> but Inoki is great in this match because... He lets Vader beat the shit out of him. And yeah, he sells really themselves themselves playing the pl- plucky, does. sympathetic babyface. And Inoki's like, you know, he's a really well-known mainstream figure in Japan. So, oh, yeah. you know, this is the company he built. Mm. And he is getting the shit beaten out of him by this gigantic guy. And Vader is a fantastic heel. Uh, Daniel and I were actually lucky enough to see him live um, very recently. Yeah. In, in London and he's brilliant because like he's he, physically he's fucked he's like 61 62 now but oh yeah um, he did walk. really well at and I'm quoting someone online here healing it up like a big fat cunt oh yeah yeah I mean he <laughs> he's was an absolute shithouse you know he really was yeah and he's so brilliant at that here there's a great bit um, in which he takes his mask off flexes his biceps and goes ah da 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 baffling yeah, yeah. <laughs> This, oh, I mean, Vader, so just straight from the start, he just slaps Inoki in the face, and the crowds, crowd are not happy. No. This, this match, he, and he just destroys him. He does. Speaking of which, we should probably talk about... Uh, <laughs> we alluded to well, this in the previous that, episode. Well, the, the, I was wanting to mention one point. At what? one point, Vader throws him into the crowd, grabs a table... And instead of putting him through it, just grabs a table and puts it through an okay. He just <laughs> fucking slams it, throws in, it. Like, in Soviet no Russia, a table goes through you. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, but yeah, we, well, we move on to the, the elephant in the room. <laughs> well, the, 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 the basically, just we, I think we've summed up the match up until this thus far fairly well. It's Inoki uh, taking a huge amount of lumps from Vader. Um, Inoki's being, by his standards, quite giving. Um, he's selling a lot. Um, he's really putting across the fact that this is him up against this, you know, complete and utter uh, beast. Master. And you know, he's still kind of managing to get away with it. Um, by, you know, he's taking some shots and things, but in terms of big bumps that he's taking, he's being kind of, you know, reasonably um, conservative about it, as you would at, at that age against a big guy. You've got no problem with that whatsoever. And then, uh, round about the, the midpoint of the match, um, what, 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 what I think I, might, I could call the world's most brutal transition spot transpires. I, I have a note here in all caps that it says, Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, Inoki yeah. is dead. Yeah. 
It, yeah, you know, if you could um, superimpose the um, the the famous Jim Ross call, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, oh my God, they've ki- uh, uh, they've killed him. You know, good God Almighty, he's dead. He's broken in yeah. half. He literally is broken in half, though. He like this is one of the most profoundly disturbing <laughs> and brutal um, uh, German suplexes I've ever seen. It is a suplex uh, bigger than Hermann Göring's collection of women's clothes. It is absolutely <laughs> fucking enormous, and it's. Smashes Inoki in two. I mean, there is a point where, um, where Inoki just does nothing, as in he doesn't even breathe, he doesn't twitch. <laughs> he is dead. He, like, he I, is dead. The small part you think, oh my god, his heart stopped. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, oh, the, the more I watch, I am starting to think that Vader may be my favourite Japanese worker yeah. in, oh. in, in Japan because every single match, I love. But I cannot watch his Germans on anybody, especially against like Misawa and things like that. Oh yeah, there's some it's... appalling ones he does to Misawa. But I <laughs> yeah, mean, some he gets really the bad one. out of the cupboard for this one. It's, it's sickening, absolutely sickening. <laughs> I mean, really amazing, is. but it's absolutely sickening. He saved this one up. He's been he's been banking this one for a while. Yeah, fucking yeah. hell. It was, it was just appallingly brutal. And fair play to Inoki for taking that bump oh, at his God, age. Oh, God, yeah. Like this is this is the thing. Like he is willing to do whatever it takes to make this match a great spectacle in a way that people like Choshu and Sasaki really weren't on the last card. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, and fair play to him for that. The other great thing about this match is not only does he take these big hits, but he picks his spots really well. Just before the big German, um, there's uh, he does a counter to allow it with a sleeper on the apron and the crowd absolutely fucking loses it. Oh, that's a great spot. I love yeah, that. Really, like he knows how to pick his spots for yeah. his comeback. Even if it gets cut off, he, he places the hope spots in this match absolutely superbly. And I, I was just going to say, because the thoughts just popped into my head and I might forget this little sort of bit I'm going to go off on. So I'll put it in now. Does it not bring into sharp relief though the complete and utter frustration that a lot of people like well especially like like me have with Inoki as a worker oh yeah in the sense that he's doing this 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 great sort of unselfish work after he's already established his career in his retirement match against Vader and you kind of think you know I'm not saying take a, a horrendous German suplex like that every match far from it but if you just had as much time for your opponents back in the day as you seem to have for vader then you could have probably had this this catalog of of much more interesting matches again going back to something that we spoke about in in the previous episode this is perhaps me looking at things from a kind of curatorial historian's point of view uh you know but it it seems to me that it's such a shame that this guy was capable of, of such great stuff at this age in his athletic prime and i mean he was a machine as an athlete um, oh, yeah. He could have had a, 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 a catalogue of world-class matches like this, but see, but choose not to. Yeah, I was going to say, he's still doing stuff like, um, just after the German on the ramp, Vader does a little... I, I'm always wary where they go on the ramp because I've seen far too much uh, 2000s Noah matches. Um, oh, but Vader does yeah. a charge along the ramp. He gets big back body dropped into the ring. And then he does a fucking top rope knee drop. <laughs> Yeah, I was stunned. I yeah. was absolutely stunned when I was in it. And starts fighting back with that? leg kicks and a enziguri, which gets big cheers. And you know, Vader rolls, rolls to the outside. And there's a great bit afterwards where Inoki kicks Vader in the face. Vader somehow staggers backwards and topples over the barricade. Yeah. 
<laughs> this part I loved because obviously like, Inoki just grabs a chair and just malkies Vader. He just, I mean, he goes for it. Vader's bleeding everywhere. And then there's just this amazing visual as like Vader's trying to pull himself out of like the table. And he grabs a chair and launches it at a cameraman. Did you see that? Mm. He just launches yeah, it and yeah. he just decapitates a journalist. Oh, and then just smashes up the announce table. I, oh. I loved it. Just this raging Beast. <laughs> monster yeah. of a man. Yeah. Like he's just chucking stuff around. The best part about this as well, and it actually looked like I didn't. I looked like it was a hard way um, uh, cut to him. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look like he bladed because it's a pretty no. stiff chair shot is right on his head. Inoki sees that Vader's bleeding and just has this big shit-eating grin on his face. It's at this point, like, the referee starts counting him out and Inoki just holds his hand and pulls it down and goes, no, no, no. It's like, I own this country. Fuck off. It's all right. And just, like, you know, like, because Vader's well out for, like, longer than a 20 count and the, yeah, it's just that Inoki's like, no, I'm not winning it like this. I'm going to beat him. And he, he actually locks in uh, submission, which is the um, the step over armbar. So uh, you might know it as the uh, disarmor that Becky Lynch uses, um, if, you, if you're familiar with WWE or uh, the Nagata Lock 4, if you watch current New Japan. Mm. Um, Vader somehow manages to get that. Vader brings his fucking jiu-jitsu, gets a rear naked choke. <laughs> I've seen that, yeah. The technical <laughs> prowess. And then, like, probably my favourite sequence of the match is just Vader does shit. And Inoki kicks out of it weaker and weaker each time. So he, Inoki does like a sort of like a fucking Wade Barrett's uh, wasteland move mm. and just pummels him onto the ground, kicks out of that, does a brutal choke slam. Like such yeah. air on it. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, a yeah. lot of people talk about the German, but that choke slam, yeah. So he tries a power bomb, Inoki escapes, tries an Endigiri, Vader ducks, and hits this huge falling elbow that would like crush a lesser man into putty. He does the Vader bomb, and we oh. cut to the crowd just absolutely going insane. This is the thing, again, Japanese crowds, they're not silent and stoic. Like, if you give them a great no. spectacle, they will really react. It, and the reactions yeah. to kick out are getting steadily bigger and bigger and bigger. And yeah. that's the way it should be. And then Vader does a moonsault. Oh my god! And when you take into account he is waiting on shoulder surgery, yeah, he thinks, yeah, and, 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 and he, he probably he probably shouldn't be doing moonsaults anyway as part no. of his repertoire. Like he's about four hundred pounds. Like you know, I'm not saying that because Vader's a big dude. Like you know, like uh, you know, the, if you can pull off a move, you can pull off a move. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's more just like as as you just mentioned, like with an injury like that, weighing that much already, like doing a very high risk, high impact move. Like it's it's completely stupid. Idols, yeah. but but isn't 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 it interesting that i think that and it shows how much wrestling's moved on is that when i watch that i, I you know I, I can sort of laugh about it and go oh god that's crazy and stuff you know if i saw a guy do that these days in a match but just knowing what we all know now about how banged up wrestling can make you and how you, you badly you can hurt yourself i'd probably be wincing a bit you know if i knew that he was injured yeah. and, and, and doing that and thinking god like you know Look after yourself, man. Like you know, have a have a longer career. But I think there's something about watching wrestling from the past that like people just didn't think like that then, you know. And you no, can't they didn't, like, push that on it. Vader doing all this stuff at his size and the toll that can take anybody. Because like you know, when I talk about Vader being a big fat cunt earlier, that is in no way meant as a pejorative. Like oh no, he, no. Is, he is like big big fat men in in wrestling have just been amazing. And you know, um, similarly in women's wrestling, we talked about. Um, Combat Toyota in episode two, 
who is like yep. a, a very big woman, and she's a fantastic worker. People like Paul Nakano and Arja Kong, Kong, you know, as well. Yeah. Having yeah. a diversity of body types in wrestling is something that's really positive for it because you yes. can tell these stories. Yeah, exactly. You can have Vader doing a flip, and like Vader doing a moonsault. That is like a a sight to behold. Yeah, it's yeah exactly. Like, the thing is, you're like, oh my god, how can Inoki possibly? kick out of this he does but very weakly mm. and the idea that it's a guy that big laying in his strikes yeah. doing fucking flips onto an old man is absolutely mind-blowing it's amazing definitely stuff. you know and, and, and it enables you to have just in my opinion kind of uh, more in more interesting kind of really universal um like you know stories that anyone can kind of latch onto. you know i'm not not every match should be like this but you know if you've got a big enormous bloke trying to pound a smaller guy uh whoa uh go saucy then that's a good night in um but um no um, yeah, yeah it enables you to tell different stories you know it doesn't all have to be check these two guys out who are going to do uh you know a series of moves and try and top each other that's just like you know yeah. that's it's just a different way of approaching it and it gives you a different narrative and i like that exactly and i love the finish as well vader you know the vader attack in the corner where he basically just fucking jumps on you does one of them yeah. and Inoki dodges a second. He hits a body slam in which Vader clearly did approximately 98% of the work. Yes. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Vader doing a front flip and Inoki sort of hands are near him a bit. And yeah. again, fair play to Vader for being able to do that. And Inoki locks in an armbar and Vader taps out. Yeah. Yeah, and it works perfectly because yeah. you, you don't want to see Inoki just totally dominating Vader. That, that This is like David and Goliath. Yeah. And it's executed far better than any of the other matches mm. that we've seen before where it was big man against like more technical wrestlers. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And like, it's not, it's much better than the um, Sasaki versus Kakahara match we discussed uh, last episode because that match really felt like the finish was a complete fluke because Sasaki wasn't selling anything. In this mm. match, yeah. Inoki peppered the hope spots into the match effectively enough, and moreover, like Vader was fucking bleeding everywhere and selling stuff. That oh, it was the, gushing, yeah. the finish was not. It wasn't out of nowhere. It was no. you know Inoki's finally he's finally picked his spot and he's got the armbar on and and he's able to win the match. You know, they, they it really felt like even though Vader controlled the match, it felt like an earned finish rather than a slip on the banana peel sort of thing. One. Yeah. One question I had that just sort of I don't know the answer to this um, um, really, but do you think that the one of the reasons that Vader is given more respect than the UWFI guy? I mean, I know he's a UWFI guy, you know, in in some ways as yeah. well, but yeah. But do you reckon the reason that he's given more respect in these kind of matches, and this has actually just now kind of struck me, is the fact that first of all, it's going back to a tradition and a time where we're, we're seeing once again the uh, the American versus the uh, the Japanese. Uh, yeah. And secondly, as well, do you think that, this is just me guessing, do you think this has got anything to do with the fact that Vader was very tight and had been managed by Harley Race, who was um, almost universally respected in, in, in Japan? And, and in fact, it was fa- famously was not afraid to physically confront promoters that he thought were, um, were shortchanging um, um, American workers that were friends of his. Uh- I would suggest it's more about the fact that Inoki handpicked Vader for this match. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the other ones were kind of thrown together and it was kind of a a, a messy partnership. This was handpicked and, you know, they had a plan in mind as to what they wanted to do. Especially especially it's against Inoki. Mm. At this point, Inoki is pretty much near godlike status. He can do pretty much anything he wants. And if he wants to have a big match with... I mean, if he's convinced Vader to come back, even though he's messed up with a shoulder... 
you have to think that's probably the reason why. Mm. Yeah. 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 And also, I like, you know, Vader's a, Vader's a big part of New Japan history. I know Takada was uh, in New Japan initially, and some of the other UWFI guys were, but Takada was never a main eventer in uh, mm. New Japan. He's yeah. not afforded the same sort of respect that Vader is in the booking. You know, Takada was actually a junior heavyweight, um, junior heavyweight champion, actually, uh, in New Japan, whereas Vader was a much bigger deal. So I think that has something to do with it. And also, um, I think size has something to do with it. You know, the thing about the that run of matches, which we just fucking despised in, uh, in the last episode, was it was all big heavyweights against UWFI wrestlers who, by and large, tended to be smaller guys. Whereas mm. Vader's fucking like 400 pounds, he's a tall bloke. So that probably has something to do with it as well. Yeah, yeah, that seems reasonable to me, certainly. Um, um, any other comments about this match before we move on? I, 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 well, I think it's, I think it's by far my favourite match that we've uh, covered in this one oh, yeah. uh, so far. Um, I think it was Definitely. absolutely fantastic and really exceeded my expectation for when I watched it. I heard it was an amazing match, but I thought you know, maybe that was in the sense that it's an amazing match considering vader's being banged up for Inoki's age but no I, it is a great match full stop i i don't yeah. understand how someone who what who watches wrestling can watch this and not enjoy it yeah this is yeah. the most wrestling match of all time <laughs> yeah Sim- it, yeah simply put if you don't like this match you're an asshole it's it. a huge amount of fun um and yeah. it features you know uh two enormous um kind of seminal in their own way uh personalities in 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 wrestling and especially japanese wrestling um and yeah i mean when you compare this to some of the fucking dross we've sat through previously i mean exactly this is light years light away. years ahead uh, you know in, in terms of entertainment and and also in terms of it feeling like a legitimate uh encounter between two people that are on the same level um, which is what's been missing so badly in, in the other stuff that we've watched. But no, um, I would absolutely recommend this match to a friend. <laughs> a nice moment a- a- afterwards, you know, Vader raises Inoki's hand to have a handshake. Uh, so that sort of brings a bit of closure to that year's spanning rivalry. Yeah, and then Inoki it's... gets a massive trophy for some reason, despite the fact no title belt was on the line. Oh, this is like I the well done for defeating with... Vader trophy. Like, yeah, yeah. achievement unlocked. It, w- what those usually are, um, are basically... Um, the in a lot of cases and sometimes they'll just cut away in modern wrestling from this but even in new japan stuff you'll see it today sometimes where you'll see um guys get given like a little trophy at the end um of, uh, and you'll think oh well i didn't think there's anything you know um on the line in this match it's usually um uh, sponsors um yeah. i i, I don't ah. I, I don't i don't know if it still is the same now so much as it used to be but certainly back in the day when uh, they were more reliant on sponsors definitely uh, none of whom were in the yakuza at all ever yeah yeah like legitimate businessman social club yeah definitely legit yes the 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 very 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 legit businessman um from uh from from rapongi uh, who would turn up <laughs> and uh with all this with even when it was at the height of summer who had all their uh, their, their arms covered uh with a long black jacket definitely legit uh, but i think i think that's, that's without fingertips from. all of them it's, a, it's yeah. very much like you know when you get um like testimonials or friendly matches where they have like a trophy on the line like there's one yeah celtic celtic play albion rovers down the road from me and every year, and they have the Jockstein Friendship Cup, which uh, is a great name for a cup. The yeah. Jockstein, but... quote-unquote, Friendship Cup. Yes, <laughs> exactly. 
But um, yeah, I absolutely loved this match. I yeah, thought it was, I really thought it was incredible. Yeah, phenomenal stuff. So basically, that's that's it for episode six. Episode seven, we are going to be covering the last two matches in this best of three series from this dome show, and then we are going to be covering the main event of the third Tokyo Dome show in this run, April 1996, which is really the last hurrah for, as far as the New Japan UWFI feud goes, and really the last hurrah. Um, for UWFI as a promotion. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, join us again um, in uh, in episode seven, folks. And thanks for listening. If you would like to uh, keep up with the Puro Puro Podcast online, you can do so by finding us at uh, Facebook under the name The Puro Puro Podcast. Uh, we sometimes post content there. There's a few pictures. Um, Jushin Liger pushing Hiroshi Tanahashi in a shopping trolley. That's fun. Um, on Twitter, we are at Puro Podcast. We say this every time, but still can't believe how we got that, seeing as there are rather a lot of Puro Podcasts out there, you might be aware. You can find us on SoundCloud, again, at Puro Puro Podcast, where all our new episodes are posted. And also you can find us on the SoundCloud feed of the uh, Pro Wrestling Only slash Place to Be Nation Network. Um, one final thing, you can also download our podcast on iTunes on the rare occasions where I remember to tick the box marked Add to RSS Feed when I upload the thing onto SoundCloud. And finally, you can find all our episodes posted, as well as lots of opinion pieces, some of them even about wrestling, at I maintain the double foot stomp is silly.com. Craig Charles, welcome to our guide to losing your ribs, your fashion sense, your marbles, and your dignity. We're slipping discs and we're wiping out Japanese style. Coming up on this show, we've got Knock Knock. We've got Skipping Stones. We've got Takeshi's version of baseball. You can have them, you can hold them, you can whack them, you can scratch them, and you can shoot them. It's Takeshi's Castle. General Lee's in a great mood, and so are his contestants. There's a hundred of them to start with, and they'll need their good mood, as they're about to get sprayed, splayed, squashed and boshed in their attempt to overcome the obstacles set by Count Takeshi, and finally face the castle in a final showdown. Call the ambulance, they're off. さあ、色気はあったけど、長州力と相まみえましたが、この後やるということでありましょうか。この後、風が丘。
ニオ猪木おっと違った前日を取りましたがおっとこの腰を盛り付けついた途端に猪木が突っかけますビッグバンベイダーここでコングラって試合開始この混乱の中で試合が始まりましたコングになりました猪木も今日は2試合目さあ皇帝選手のビッグバンベイダー素晴らしい猪木をおよそ 2m 以上軽々と持ち上げてリフトアップしてそして1 4 5キロぐらいありますねあそうですかそれでもちろん力もこんなにありますから力強いですけどね、えー、どうでしょうかね猪木選手はですね、はいえー、今長所でやりましたし、えー、あれ今度逆に今度不利になってしまった感じがますねそうですね、えーまあ、とりあえずまずたけしプロレス軍団にしましてもね、えー、かなり真剣になっているつまりまず内藤もコーチに入れたり、えー、道場も確保するというふうに言っておりますね、はい、このホントベリーソックだこのスピードこの手を有し Job of that actually. The trick is to get some speed and accuracy. Ooh, looks so. He's hanging on for dear life now, he's gone. Once the grounds were opened up and swallowed him, so it did. 
パワーがすごいことがよくわかります。若手が10人くらい正式に入ったんですが、この10人くらいの若手を片っ端からリング外に蹴散らしました。ビッグバンベイ。No winners this time, but maybe next time on Takeshi's Castle.